So hello, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to the latest in our series of one-on-one podcasts here at DMN. Uh, Guest with me today, very interesting guest. We have Greg Paul, who is co-founder and principal of R3. Welcome, Greg. Thank you very much. Good to be here. And kind of here in spirit, I guess, is your fellow co-founder, Shufan Go. And we're here to talk about a book which you, you co-wrote together, Global CMO. Yeah, it's been a bit of a labor of love, this one, because uh, you know a lot of our own clients are pushing us to say, what's best practice? Where, how do we benchmark ourselves? How do we improve? So we figured, why not just talk to some of them and figure it out? So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And starting with, with basics, you say your clients. Uh, R3, your company, is a global consultancy. It's all about making marketing more efficient. So why don't you just start us off with a little bit of background about that? Yeah, so we're about a 100-person worldwide company, so we're quite small in the scheme of WPP and Omnicom and so on, but um, we're really here to be the independent voice of the CMO. We just think that the CEO has got McKinsey and Bain and BCG, and the CFO's got Ernst & Young and KPMG. Uh, the CMO needs someone right. that they can call on to get, you know, how are we doing internally, how are we doing with our partners, how are we doing globally? How can we improve? So that's really our role. We're like a coach. Got it. And that's something which must have become a more pressing need over the last five years or so because what it means to be a CMO has changed so much. The skill set seems to me to have broadened the range of challenges, this kind of shift from being a cost center to being a profit center and almost driving many aspects of the brand. It's yeah. really been a changing position, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been now that the consumer has a voice uh, <laughs> and, is, and is literally talking to, uh, to brands, um, it's changing the whole mindset. And uh, the role of data changes, uh, the role of e-commerce changes. Um, so I'd, I'd say there's been more changes in the last five years than the previous 20 years, actually. Wow. Okay. Now... Just on the on the book, Global CMO, published by Mascot Books, you spoke to an astonishing uh, list of multinational brands. I'm going to mention a few of them. I know I'm going to miss some, but it's brands like Lenovo, Tim Hortons, Converse, Pizza Hut, Coca-Cola, Mattel, City Shell, GE, Colgate, Palmolive. I know I'm leaving a bunch out. That's an extraordinary array of CMOs to be talking to. Well, we were very lucky. First of all, we only wanted to talk to the global CMOs, so um, we're very specific in in who we're reaching out to. Probably about a third of them we're working with already, people like Colgate and Coca-Cola and Samsung. But we really wanted to get to a broad cross-section, so hospitality, fast-moving consumer goods, you know, and try to understand what are the common issues and what are the common challenges. So, um, yeah, yeah, we had 18 in all, and, um, yeah, we're very, very pleased with the outcome. Well, let's talk about global, because the book specifically is Global CMO. As you said, those are the people you're looking to talk to. What's special about being a global CMO rather than just the CMO of a company which is big in one territory? Well, for a global CMO, the sun never sets. So you've, you've literally got 24-7 of, uh, of things to sort out and problems and challenges around the world. And I think you know, the, the big challenge is how do I leverage this great platform um, to do consistent work, not just not just uh, um, matching luggage, but actually work that breaks through and has impact across different cultures and different different uh, geographies. So it's it's easy to say, hard to do. Um, some are doing it better than others, um, but that's definitely the the role going forward. Now uh, it makes me wonder how much variation you saw in terms of teams and organizational infrastructures. I would imagine most of these people are leading quite large teams. But did you see a big variation there? 
Yeah, massive variation. I think it depends on the culture of the company. If, if you want to centralize everything like a P&G and, and do everything from one place in Cincinnati, well, that's your, that's your model. Um, you're going to need less talent in the markets. If your strategy is more like Nestle, which is extremely yeah. multi-local, every country and man for itself, then, then the, the talent mix will be different again. So it comes back to corporate culture, and, and uh, that influences how CMO can actually execute. And mentioning Nestle makes me think that another facet of that must be that uh, some of these big companies are really broken down into many divisions or subsidiaries. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the CMO of Nestle Water, but that's only one part of Nestle. So that's another thing, isn't it? Making the messaging and the branding seamless across a whole bunch of different branches. Yeah, and that problem's never going to go away. It's only going to get more complex. Um, again, it's not about consistency for consistency's sake, but it's about it's about you know speaking with the right tone and manner for the company, and that's really critical. So some companies are doing it. I mean, Coca-Cola's been a master at this for many yes. years, and that certainly came across in our interviews um, with them as well, that they're really trying to lead the way. But, you know, Lenovo's doing something interesting. So every month they have a marketing meeting, and they bring right. together their top 15 people from around the world, always in a different location. Right. So this month is Beijing, next month is in Spain, next month is, you know, so mm. these people are actually, you know, creating the work as they go on a very, um, uh, on a monthly basis. It's a big challenge. What do you think are the, the things which these CMOs are most focused on? Now, I guess I'm thinking in terms of things like the, the digital challenge, mm. social media, which has just become huge for brands. It's getting more important, it seems to me, by the month. Where are they really devoting their energies and their focus? Well, almost to a man and a woman, um, you know, digital transformation is really keeping them up at night because it's something they can't achieve on their own. They need to work with their CEO, the CIO, CEO as well, <laughs> right. uh, but also their chief sales officer. And, you know, the that sales officers have never been used to having marketing so in their face as they are with e-commerce and some of these other solutions. So it's a, it's a totally different working environment now, and it means they really have to collaborate more than ever before. That's something we've been writing about a lot here, especially on the B2B side, is uh, if you're going to do what everyone calls account-based marketing, you really have to have uh, the sales team and the marketing team in alignment, and apart from anything else, hopefully using the same set of data. Yeah. Are you seeing an increased recognition of that necessity? Yeah, and I think Amazon is driving a lot of that in e-commerce as well, because now your storefront is online, yeah. um, and it's a matter of uh, who's the best person to do that. It can't be done by the sales team alone or the marketing team alone. So it's that, that need for collaboration is, uh, is more than ever before. It's come to the forefront. Okay. And what about skill sets? Because clearly... Data is important as never before in marketing, ironically, so that you can actually reach individual people in, in yeah. a personal way. That means, obviously, a need for data science, talent, those kinds of skills yeah. on the team. Are you finding that at the top CMO level, or are they looking to hire people who can do <laughs> that for them? Actually, the CMO of Colgate, it's a quote in the book, says, um, it's not the learning curve, it's the unlearning curve. You actually need to... <laughs> unlearn traditional media marketing approaches and they have introduced something very cool of reverse mentoring they've got the 25 year olds teaching the 45 year olds wow. what is snapchat instagram and how can you use it effectively and, and how can you help it build your business so i think when marketers have that humility and they're willing to listen to uh to new techniques they can only improve just curious so that kind of top level we're talking about did you come across anyone who's really got a background in data and technology rather than marketing yeah, that's a great question. Um, 
Not really. I mean, you know, people like Bank of America have that throughout their company in the yeah. marketing department, not necessarily at the very top levels. But um, Samsung are extremely data savvy at the higher levels. Yeah. Um, but generally, that's a big challenge. I think that's still a big gap is, is those C-suite people uh, and their complete understanding of data and the benefits of it. Okay. And I, I mentioned social media earlier. Uh, something which is quite clear now, that if, if a brand... If a brand can't create an identity for which customers have an affinity, not just the level of buying products, products and services, but being happy to associate with that brand and have it in their lives, then you can face some real risks and problems. Brands can get torn apart on social media. Is that up front of mind for these people? Yeah, look, I think so. I mean, Keith Weed from Unilever um, put out a great quote. He said, you know, we spent 100 years marketing to people. Now we're marketing with people, but honestly, we need to be marketing for people. So we need to be creating a utility with our advertising or, or marketing and helping them achieve more through their lives, which is easy to say and hard to do, but that's a totally different way of using social in a, in a compelling manner. Yeah, and, and in terms of um, being involved in people's lives as a brand, something I've, I've come across increasingly over the last few years is CMOs and other people in the C-suite being enthusiastic about things like social responsibility, making a difference, giving yep. back. Do you hear a lot of that as well? Yeah, that came through quite a lot. We had a number of clients, uh, a number of uh, companies put in excellent case studies in the book uh, in terms of best practice in CIR, CSR and, and, um, and social responsibility. Coca-Cola leading the way with that as well and, and some others. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a trend. Yeah. Now, in terms of what you do at uh, R3, uh, helping to increase efficiency, helping marketers to know their jobs. What kinds of things do you recommend to marketers who are on the way up, who have their sights set on being at the top of the tree? What kinds of things should they be you know, familiarizing themselves with? What yeah. challenges should they be preparing to face? Yeah, they, they definitely won't have a future in marketing if they're not a data native. Right. Uh, I think that's just the, the challenge. They don't have to know everything about it, yeah. but they need to be comfortable with data. Um, that's kind of one. I think the whole the whole idea of being able to make marketing accountable is going to return marketing to the C-suite. I think marketing yeah. lost its way after the Mad Men days, um, where it wasn't part of the boardroom culture. Um, the CFO came in, the chief recruitment officer came in. Yeah. This is marketing's chance to come back by using data in a constructive way to show business impact. Yeah, and another thing I, I, I wanted to ask you about, um, I see some companies almost leapfrogging the question of the role of marketing and by saying by saying that what we really want to do is to address the whole customer experience experience through the whole life cycle and actually moving from CMOs to having things like CXOs, customer experience officers. Is much of that in the air? Uh, look, we've got a great section in the book about what's the future of the CMO. You're either going to go up, out, <laughs> across... Or, or just stay there forever. So yeah. you know, we looked at different examples of each of those. So I think that's going to be a challenge for that CMO role in the future. Coke, for example, have got rid of the CMO role. Mm. Uh, they've got a chief growth officer. Growth officer, Playing okay. that role. So I think, um, yeah, the, the role of marketing has never been under more pressure than it is now. So, uh, But thankfully with data and, and other elements, uh, at least there's a chance to prove its value. But still an exciting career for someone. Should be, absolutely. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Far better than going on Congress and talking to uh, Zuckerberg, I guess. You know. <laughs> okay, Greg, thank you. I will post a link with the podcast, of course, to the book so people can explore it more deeply. But thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Kim.